Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Jesus, of Jesus, of Jesus, oh praise his dear name, oh praise his dear name. Yes, we're dreaming of Jesus, of Jesus, of Jesus, sing praise to his name, sing praise to his name. us from sin, gave us new life within, He made us just like Him. So we're dreaming of Jesus, of Jesus, of Jesus, sing praise to His name, sing praise to His name. Yes, we're dreaming of Jesus, of Jesus, of Jesus. Give praise to His name, give praise to His name. Now He gave us His love, He united us from above. Now His Spirit makes us one. And we're dreaming of Jesus, of Jesus, of Jesus. Sing praise to His name, sing praise to His name. Yes, we're dreaming of Jesus, of Jesus, of Jesus. Give praise to His name, give praise to His name. podcast followers. Today, I just thought it would be appropriate to sing that song because it is a good picture of what we've been talking about or we will be talking about more of in the next, probably the next two podcasts here. 
we are talking about the marriage relationship. Remember, we can back up a little bit. We had already talked about last time. We had begun to get into a section in Ephesians, the middle of the chapter here. This is chapter 5, the middle of the chapter, verse right in the middle, where Paul had shifted the focus and the exhortation from our vertical relationship between us alone and God. And now we're talking about the horizontal relationship, which loving God like I emphasized last week, will always spill over into loving others. If you have problems loving others in your relationships, then you need to go back to the vertical relationship and see what is wrong, because all the love for others should flow out of your vertical relationship with God, then on the horizontal. And this is what this chapter in the middle part about is about here, as he switched over from about verse 21 on, and we're going to go into chapter 6 even, I think the first eight or nine verses, because there's three core relationships we've begun to talk about. Husband and wife, parent and child, and master and slave, or in our case today, it would be boss and employee. And we're going to get into those other two relationships later, but we're kind of right in beginning uh, the husband and wife relationship and with that, I want to go ahead then, and I want to just read the passage again. Ephesians 5, 22, and we're going to read through, let's just read through 27 today, because that's what we're going to be mainly in, is this portion here. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word. And I said, I think for a title, I had decided that we would say that this was the marriage relationship a type of the bride of Christ. And you could say as a subtitle, getting ready for the wedding, how the bride will prepare herself to get ready for the wedding, because that's what we're going to start covering a little bit today in these verses, especially verse 26 touches on that. And I'll first want to again back up just for last week, we had started to introduce this with, I believe it was verse 21. I could read that again. I don't think we read that today. That's where we talked about the submission solution, the submission solution. And we use this one verse, submitting to one another in the fear of God, or placing yourself in subjection one to another in the fear of God. And that is kind of, that was a, the introductory verse. And then we had an introductory podcast last week all about submission and what that means. You need to go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it. And submission, like we talked about, it means to be, like in this case, a wife submitting to the husband. And so I just want to emphasize here, there's been so many extremes, and the husband and wife relationship, the marriage relationship, is just like one of these, so many extremes that have come out in the church, you know, since I've been in the church as a little boy, 40, 50 years that I've heard and seen, you know, things like just thinking of some of the extremes that we've seen, you know, like there's a demon behind everything that happens, behind every bush, as it were. You know, 
Are there demons? Yes. Are they real? Yes. Do Christians need to watch out for them? Yes. But could it be that everything that happens in your life that's negative is caused by a demon? Well, I sometimes think it's our own attitudes and flesh that need to be changed. May not be a demon all the time, though demons are important. Another one, since I was in high school and became filled with the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, some might label that. And yes, I prayed in the prayer language of tongues, and even that's debatable. Uh, you know, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit evidenced by tongues? We, you know, I can't say dogmatically that I feel that's the case anymore. Any more than, you know, there's groups out there that also believe if you're not spirit-filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you're not going to go to heaven. You won't be saved. But that's not what the Bible teaches us all, uh, teaches us at all. So I'm just saying there's all kind of extremes. And what I want to do here at the Kingdom Corner podcast, as much as anything, is bring you the whole counsel of God as I see it. Not just cherry pick a verse here and there or a portion of scripture here and there and try to, you know, hammer it home or shove it down your throat and say, this is what it is. We want to interpret scripture with scripture. We want to look at all the scripture. You know, and husbands loving their wives. That's it's I've seen such a extremism on that. You know, I joked last week about how Sarah co- called Abraham Lord. And and now I was just using that as a joke, but you know, there are those out there who basically feel that a woman is nothing but, you know, a servant to the husband and serves him robotically, and she better call him Lord. And I don't believe that. I don't see that at all. It's very important. I sang this song today, Dreaming of Jesus, because it's very important that you see that there's a bigger picture here that we're going to begin to talk about. And and, and this marriage relationship, more than any other thing on earth, it's so precious to God that people come together. And as the scripture says, they become one, like Genesis also said, when Adam and Eve were created because it is a type, it, it, it's a picture, it's a metaphor of the relationship of the church, which is the bride of Christ, and Jesus, you know, the groom. And that's so important. That's so important to see that. And there's so much of Scripture that is like that. Sometimes you see trees in Scripture, rocks in Scripture. You even see men of God in Scripture, and they all typify something, you know, like, Moses was the great deliverer. Well, Jesus was the great deliverer, you know? I mean, they all speak of something much more than just maybe the story you read. And that's why I wanted to sing that song to you, Dreaming of Jesus. It, it was a picture of, of, of the bride of Christ, the church being reunited to Jesus. And I sang that at a wedding many, many years ago for some friends of mine, you know, as they were getting married. And the greater picture to me was, the bride of Christ, and Jesus becoming wed. That's what we're really looking forward to. So we're going on here, but I want to read something here for you that I kind of came up with in this study of, you know, the first part of this is in the marriage relationship of how these two, the man and the woman, totally different, yet they learn to subject themselves one to another. Uh, The man, I wrote this down here, the man, the head of the woman is shown in God being the head of Christ. That's what we're picturing here. Four areas are shown here in the headship of Abba, you know, of God being the head of Jesus Christ. I mean, yes, 
I emphasized a lot last week, and it's so true. It's not my way or the highway type subjection or leadership by the man over the woman or the boss over the employee or the parent over the child. It shouldn't be that way. There should be communication. There should be love expressed. There should be freedom to for both parties to talk and to share and even sometimes to disagree. So I wrote this out, though. In the end, in this relationship, the man is responsible to be the head, but it's not like it's the idea my way or the highway. That's not what God had in mind with this relationship because it's all should be centered in love. Man, the head of the woman, is shown in God being the head of Christ. Four areas shown in the headship of Abba. The first one is identity. Jesus said, I and the Father are one, John 10.30. The scripture states also in Genesis 2.24, just like we read in our passage today, it's a quote of Genesis, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. They may have different opinions, different ideas, but yet they're blended together and they're made one. This is a mystery because it can only be done in God. They're made one in purpose. They're made one in love. See also Matthew 19, 5 and 6, Mark 10, 7 and 8. A concept is shown in Scripture then that there is an identity of person which factors into headship. Cooperation. Four areas shown here. The first one is identity. The second one is cooperation, meaning in the relationship. In John 5, 17, Jesus said, my father worketh and I work in the area of headship. Then we see that there is a mutual working together between Jesus and God, a cooperation. It must be the same way to have a successful marriage. And I'm thinking of uh, this old time preacher that I knew when he spoke of wedding and gave weddings or performed weddings. He always talked about two oxen being joined together. Do you know when they're joined together in a yoke and they pull together, they have to work as a team or they will not be any success in their plowing. And he talked about different oxen that were put together that couldn't work together. So in a marriage, it's the same way the man and the woman, like the oxen, must pull together in the relationship. They must cooperate. So the first area, man, the head of woman, is shown as God being the head of Christ, identity, cooperation. And the next thing is a mutual sharing of honor. They honor each other, the man and the woman. Jesus said in John 8, 49, I honor my father. And in verse 54 of John 8, Jesus also said, is father who honors me. So Jesus would be like the head of the church. He's honoring the church, but the church also honors him. This speaks to the heart of what leadership really entails. We shouldn't be like slaves. The husband shouldn't be lording it over the wife and saying, you obey me or else. But they should be friends and they should be lovingly honoring each other. Then finally, the four areas of headship as shown with Abba being the head, there is a greater authority. Finally, as close in relationship as Jesus and the Father are or were when he was on earth, he says in John 14, 28, my father is greater than I. Despite the closeness of their relationship, Abba is the higher authority to be yielded to. So in a nutshell, we see the interpretation of headship and identity as to nature, as to cooperation, as to work, 
as to honor as a person, and subservience as to final decision. Okay? I just wanted to hit that nail on the head that in the end, yes, in those relationships, the man's the head of the wife. Of course, the parents are the head of the child, and the boss is the head of the employees. But I want to just say, in this relationship Jesus had with Abba, as he was a man, he never chafed under that authority. He was, like we said, he was in cooperation. They shared honor. And the woman should never be chafing under the husband. It should be her wanting to fulfill his purpose and desire because she's made to be the help me. But like I said, if he's not loving her properly, or maybe I didn't say that, but I will say it. If he's not loving her properly, laying his life out and down for her, you know, sometimes it's easier to lay your life down and, and give your life physically than to lay your life down for 20, 30, 40 years in a marriage. Believe me, if he's not laying his life down for her, then maybe she would chafe under that leadership. So I wanted to bring that little word picture out that I just kind of studied over as I prepared this session today. Ephesians 5.24, the example of a woman's submission to her husband is parallel to that of the church and Christ. This is the same kind of submission, okay? Ephesians 5.25, the key to true submission is love, both of the man subjecting himself to the woman but also the woman subjecting herself to the man. Husbands are commanded to love their wives as Christ loved or loves the church. Let me ask you, dear husband, I think we mentioned this last time, you know, how are you doing on that? That is a tall order. Let me read that again. The key to true submission is love. Husbands are commanded to love their wives as Christ loved or loves the church. That's not possible in our own strength and flesh, men. We can't do that the way we need to. That is, I went on to put in the notes, is he, that is Christ, gave himself, his life for the church. Thus, we as husbands must lay our lives down for our wives. Gave himself, that is, he gave himself up for her, the church. We must give ourselves up for our wives. The glory of Christ, let me see, the church is the glory of Christ. Likewise, the wife should be the glory of her husband. I'm telling you, if you're not loving your wife properly today, you know, we talked about last week about dwelling with her in knowledge and understanding. If you're not loving her the right way, she will not be the glory. It says she should be the glory of her husband. That won't take place if you're treating her like a second-class citizen. It takes the love of the man, Christ, for the woman, that is the church, and then submission of the woman, church, to the man, Christ, for a happy, lasting relationship. Maybe I should read that again. It takes the love of the man for the woman, and then submission of the woman to the man for a happy, lasting relationship. And just like I sang about today, it takes the love of Christ, you know, that's the picture, for the woman, that is the church, that's us, and then submission of the church, that's us, to Christ for a happy, lasting relationship. Now, let's get into, you could subtitle what I'm talking about today, and I want to spend the next few minutes here, and then we'll be done, getting prepared for the great wedding. Getting prepared for the great wedding. That could be a subtitle. In verse 26, then, 
Let's see what he said here. Verse 26. I'm going to just read that again because this is beautiful. That he might sanctify. We're talking about Christ sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word. Two very important words here. Sanctify and cleanse. And we're going to go over that and then I think we'll be close to being done today. This is preparatory to get ready for the great wedding. Sanctify, hagazio, to consecrate or dedicate to God, to make holy, to set apart, hallow, consecrate, purify, to be hallowed, esteemed with veneration. And we're using this word hagazio here in this context, so it is a spiritual dedication to God. But the word in and of itself is not holy. I mean, like today here, I've got everything set up with my computer, with my microphone. I had my guitar. They were sanctified to bring you a podcast today. They were set apart for that purpose. The word can also mean that. It's not a holy word. So I was sanctifying these things that I need to do the podcast to be able to talk to you and share with you. John 17, 18, and 19, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify or set myself apart that they also may be sanctified or set apart through truth. See, he was sanctifying himself for the purpose of the church. Why? So we could then be sanctified to him by receiving his truth, by being come becoming born again by accepting his sacrifice for our sin. Hebrews 9, 10, and 11. For it was fitting for him for whom are all things and through whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory, so it was fitting to help them come to glory, these sons and daughters, to perfect the author of their salvation through what? Sufferings. He had to suffer. He had to go to the cross. For both he who sanctifies, he set apart, and those who are sanctified, us, are all from one Father. For rich reason, he is not ashamed to call them brethren. See, he was sanctifying himself for the mission to go to the cross so that he might sanctify us and set us apart. Hebrews 10.10, by this will we have been set apart or sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Hebrews 10.10, because of the cross and Jesus as our sacrifice for our sin, we have been set aside to have a relationship with God. Now let's go on to the next part of the verse. This is another real Key word. We talked about being sanctified and set apart. Now let's talk about the cleansing or the washing. Okay, the cleansing or the washing, so important. With the washing of the water, the Greek actually says, with the washing by the laver of water, with the washing by the laver of the water. And this is used, referred to here metaphorically of the Word of God as an instrument of spiritual cleansing. See, the laver he was talking about points clear back to the tabernacle in the wilderness when they had a laver that the priests would wash in before they went into the Holy of Holies, before they offered sacrifices. So they had to be prepared. They had to be cleansed. It's used metaphorically in this portion of Scripture. The laver would be the Word of God. The spiritual cleansing comes from the Word of God. There's a word here, regeneration. 
regeneration. What does it say? That he might sanctify and cleanse her for the washing or the regeneration by the word of God. Okay? And in Titus 3, 5, it says, He saved us not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Now, regeneration in Greek means renewal and restoration. This scripture here in Ephesians 5.26 and Titus 3.5, where it talks about regeneration, is the only place in the scriptures where this word for regeneration or renewal, you know, and renewing is used. Only two places it's used. So we have to be prepared by being set aside. And we've talked a lot about in this podcast about choosing to be chosen. We set ourselves aside. And then he chooses us. He sanctifies us as we set ourselves aside for his purpose, for his service, right? Just like I set this computer aside. I set this microphone aside today for the service to present you the Kingdom Corner podcast. Okay? And then the other part is the washing of the water of the word. Isn't that beautiful? Let's go on. Revelation 21.2 says, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride for her husband. See, she's being made ready. This is talking about a ceremonial bath before the wedding. That's what they did in the Old Testament. They would wash the bride thoroughly before the wedding for purification. In baptism, the church is purified. That's how we're purified. We, we go under and we're old man, and we come up a new man. Remember, I've talked about also in previous podcasts, and if you haven't heard them, you can go back, about burning the old clothes and putting on the new. That's what I'm talking about here. That's what we're talking about in baptism. We burn the old clothes. We burn the old nature. We bury the old nature. By the, Greek, by the word, in Greek means in the word, you are, let me see, with the washing of the word should be in the word. By the word, in the word. Through baptism, we make a declaration of God's word at work in our lives. We are continually cleansed spiritually by God's word as we begin to take it in and immerse in it. As you begin to listen to these podcasts that I put out here for your benefit. As you begin to read, I hope you devotionally read the word of God every day. As you hear other men of God, women of God teach, that's how you immerse yourself in the word, taking it into your spirit. Just like the Psalm 1 that I love so much. But his delight is in, in the law of the Lord. And what does he do? He meditates on it day and night. Meaning like that word in Hebrew is so rich. Like a cow that chews cud all day and keeps bringing it up back up for nourishment. We chew on the word of God all day. Another connotation of that Hebrew word there means to declare or mutter to oneself. Are you doing that? Are you are you in the word, letting it be in you in that way? Let's go on. Romans 10, 8, 9, 17. 8, 9, and 17 of Romans 10. But what does it say? The word of God is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. See, it's near you and it's in your heart, but it's also in your mouth so you can declare these things. That is the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
And we've all heard that as far as coming to Jesus Christ. We have to confess him, and then we'll be saved. We'll be born again. And yet there's a deeper meaning here. If you confess and believe in your heart about Jesus' resurrection, I don't care what situation you're in today, physical distress, mental distress, maybe because of all that's going out there on out there in society with COVID-19, with riots, with election uncertainty, if all that's troubling you, you can be saved. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. It's not just for one-time salvation, to be saved again and again in different things. John 17, 17, Jesus said, sanctify them in truth. Amen. Set them apart in truth. Thy word is truth. Are you setting aside, letting him set you aside in the word? Not just reading through it flippantly, but really meditating on it. Really letting him give you a timely or what, timely or what I call Rhema word for the time, for that hour you're in, for the moment you're in. First Peter, he'll do that, you know. First Peter 1.23, For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. You've been born again. You've been made new. First uh, Peter 3.21, First Peter 3.21, Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe for today we'll stop here. It's a good place to stop. I want to emphasize again, we're talking about Christ and his church. You know, that's the greater picture in mind here. We start out talking about men and women in the marriage relationship. We're going to talk about that more as we go on, but it typifies Christ and the church. And that we got into these two key words, sanctified, being set apart to the Lord and being cleansed. All the preparation necessary to become a pure and spotless bride. So, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify or set her apart and cleanse her with the washing of or by or in the word. Okay, that's where we're going to leave off today. Thank you, my friends, for being a part of the Kingdom Corner podcast. Come back, and we're going to really get to the next episode. We're going to really get to the apex of that, and that is the joining of the Bride of Christ with Jesus, the groom, and also more points about how to have a wonderful marriage relationship. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on The Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Guide. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.